So welcome back to part two of the podcast. 
And that was uh, O Come O Come Emmanuel being sung for us by La Corse Shure, which is an ensemble from vocal from Freiburg. And John tells me that's in East Germany. So it's a nice introduction for us uh, to this week's program because or this week's podcast, because what we're doing is we're doing part two of a reflection on Advent. So last week was part one. So this week is part two. And what we're doing this week is we're going to do a small bit of a reflection, taking the O antiphons as our guide, as a kind of a way of getting into the the season in a bit more depth, if you like. Now, I suppose people say to me, well, what the hell are the O antiphons? I've, John has just commented, I've been talking about the O antiphons for about 10 years. So I suppose the first thing I suppose is to explain what there are. So there are seven O antiphons and each one addresses God the God who comes in Christ with a different biblical title. And they begin with the invocation O. And they, you know, they're drenched. There's a lot of biblical allusions and references and cross-references in them. And they offer a rich source of personal prayer and reflection um, during the final days of preparation for Christmas. And they are used, antiphon is, you know, like a response. That's that's what an antiphon okay. is. That's what an antiphon is. So basically, as part of the church's evening prayer or vespers, um, you the, the Magnificat is recited each evening. So okay, it's, it's, yeah. part mm-hmm. of, it's part mm-hmm. of the format, if you like, for evening prayers. And before, at the start and at the end of the antiphon, at the start and the end of the Magnificat, you have the antiphon. Okay. So from the sec- 16th of December to the 24th of December, we use these O's, the great O's. Mm-hmm. And they are they they are O wisdom, or O sapientia, O Adonai, or O Lord, O stock of David, or Redex Jesse, or stocks of Jesse. I, I beg your pardon, O stock of Jesse, O key of David, O clavis David, O rising sun, or O Orion, O Rex, or O King, and then O Emmanuel. So that's from the seventeenth to the twenty third of December. And if you spell those out in Latin, they spell ero, uh, they, 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 and read in reverse order, they spell erocras, which translates as, uh, translates as I will be with you tomorrow. Okay. Which, if you think about it, the last of the O antiphons is used on 24th. the 23rd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the 20, evening of the 24th, I will be with you tomorrow. So that's just, just a little, one of those little things that they have come up with from a liturgical point of view. Um, I suppose the other thing to say about the Oantiphons is is just kind of, you know, the liturgical calendar moves into this final octave before Christmas from the 17th. And it's it's um, generally during Vespers that these are used. But in but also if you're if you're not a, if you don't have you don't go to Vespers, or you can't attend Vespers. Mm-hmm. It's not very common in Ireland. No, it's like, not, no. generally, generally the celebration of the of the, the divine office that the is associated. Well, Priests are bound to say it. Priest has to say it each day. But in a community session, a section, in a community environment, you're more likely to come across it in the monasteries, for example, like Glenstall here in Limerick, uh, which, by the way, people can watch online on their webcam every day, just to mention that in passing. Um, but also, uh, but which is shame because the the liturgy of the hours, the divine office, is something which is the official prayer of the church, in which the when which the Second Vatican Council encouraged the laity to use and take it as their own as much as you know the requirement for the clergy to say it and it consists of you know the, the, it consists of number of hours or reading points or stopping points throughout the day where you have a series of psalms and readings to be read and reflected on in a four-week cycle so that's what the liturgy of the hours is 
and vespers or evening prayer. But for those that aren't or don't or don't attend evening prayer or, or can't can't attend evening prayer or whichever, but you do go to daily mass during Lent mm. or during Advent. Sorry, uh, the Alleluia verses yeah. are also taken from the O antiphons. So that's how it's linked. That's how it's linked through uh, into um, the daily liturgy, if you like, for ordinary people as well. For those for that week, exactly, okay. Okay. exactly. Now, people say to me, "Okay, Shane, what are you on about? Where have I heard this?" The first piece of music that we had in the program today is called "O Come and Come Emmanuel," and it is basically a version. Mm-hmm. of the O antiphons in each of the verses. Yes, okay. So okay. that's where we're coming from. So now to take us to take through I'm going to take us through three of the seven. I'm not going to do all of them okay. uh, because we, we wouldn't have a time. Of, okay. a sam- we're going to do a sample. So the first one we have is O Sapientia. O Sapientia is O Wisdom is how you translate the Latin. So John, uh, if we can we're going to listen to the first Gregorian piece and then uh, and then we will come back just to have a quick thought or two about us. Principio et nunc et semper. 
et in saecula saeculorum. Amen. O sapientia, quae ex orre altissimi prodisti, at ingensa fine usque at fine fortite, so that was the uh, recording of the uh, O Wisdom, O Sapientia, um, O Antiphon. And it was sung there by uh, some of the Dominican community in Paris, I think is where they are. I must check that again. But what it translates into is, O wisdom, you come forth from the mount of the Most High and reaching from beginning to end, you ordered all things mightily and sweetly. Come and teach us the way of prudence. Or another way is, O wisdom, O holy word of God, you govern all creation with your strong yet tender care. Come and show your people the way to salvation. So it's a it's very much linked in, I suppose, to uh, prophecy. Like Isaiah had prophesied, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, a spirit of wisdom and of understanding, a spirit of counsel and of strength, a spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be the fear of the Lord. So holy wisdom is what we're talking about here. Hagia Sophia or Sapientia in Latin is here personified. It's present with God at the beginning of creation. We hear it throughout the book of wisdom. Mm -hmm. Traditionally, in iconography and in religious art, wisdom is generally is depicted as a woman, actually, and is often seen as being a manifestation of the Holy Spirit as well. Um, but also seen as a prefigurement of Jesus as the eternal Logos, the word of God, mm. as John describes in that famous prologue to the Gospel of St. John. And I suppose it's a, a reminder to us, you know, that we're asking for this holy wisdom to come and again to, so that we would listen to it and listen once more. And what we're going to pick up on, and we're going to pick up on this theme again in part three of the podcast this week when we're reflecting on the theme of the desert and making space to listen and carve out time to uh, to to listen and listen to the wisdom of God and reminding ourselves necessarily that, you know, wisdom doesn't of itself mean, you know, uh, knowledge, I suppose. It's a reminder to us that we sometimes we drown in information. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. but information doesn't mean wisdom is what no. I mean, is what I meant to say. Mm-mm. You know, T.S. Eliot wrote, Where is the wisdom we have lost in knowledge? Where is the knowledge we have lost in information? And in the modern world where we're drowning in information, Mm -hmm. you know, we have kind of lost the understanding of wisdom itself, the great and understanding in particular in the Advent season, the great mystery of the incarnation, you know, and that whole idea of understanding what it is that happened. You know, it's it's if, if you think about it, you know, in some respects, when we're reflecting on Advent, um, it's it's a reminder to us that, you know, God, Christ is not only God made man, he was also God made child, you know, and that in the babe of Bethlehem, a model of innocent simplicity is put before us that ideally can lead us to our heavenly home. 
And Advent is not about walking or running or leaping or climbing. You know, that's not how we begin Advent. Um, we must begin by acknowledging, I suppose, our paralysis, our lack of knowing mm-hmm. where it is that we're going, that we can do nothing without Christ. You know, um, and that acknowledgement of our paralysis is not just a good place to begin, you know, in some respects. It's the only place to begin, acknowledging our dependence to listen for the holy wisdom, O sapientia, that we are asking to come down and to show us how to live in our daily lives. So now, John, we have the next one we're going to take is O Clavis David, which is the O Key of David. O Clavis David, et sceptrum domus Israel, qui aperis et nemo claudivit, claudis et nemo aperit, veni et eredum vintum de domo caceri, so that's O Clavis David, O Key of David. It is the third of the uh, O Antiphons. Sorry, it's the fourth of the O Antiphons, uh, which is read and used on December the 20th. And it's O Key of David and Scepter of the House of Israel. You open and no man closes. You close and no man opens. Come and deliver from the chains of prison those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. I love that line. Come and deliver from the chains of prison those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. And it reminds us very much, of course, that Jesus is the key that opens the gates of heaven to us in that great kind of imagery that we have of the gates of heaven. And I suppose it asks us that question. Are there doors in our life that we want to keep locked ourselves? You know, doors in our heart, physical doors against barred against people. And I suppose it's very, it's very relevant as well, I suppose, um, to consider that, you know, at this time, people very much have doors locked because some people have never come back out after COVID. After COVID yeah. You know, um, I've I've heard of a lot of people saying about elderly parents or aunts and uncles who have lost confidence being able to go out in public again and worry about the things that are going to happen. Um, you know, about people whose doors are barred because they are afraid of things, the cost of things at the moment and being able to move around and, and do things as they went. So, you know, and as well as that, then there's also the doors of our hearts in terms of trusting and being able to trust in God and the idea that we ask for that freedom of uh, freedom from sin, you know, and it comes very much from Isaiah again. We, you know, I will place the key of the house of David on his shoulder when he opens it. No one shall shut when he shuts. No one shall open. It deals into this whole idea of the concept of stewardship. That's what the key mm. that's what the keys symbolize the idea that the person was the steward and you know they are also of power and authority so we have here the idea of Christ the anointed one is the heir of David and possessor of the kingdom and you know Jesus and all power and authority was given to him particularly after the resurrection which we which that comes to us very much from yeah. revelation mm. 
you know, and the understanding, of course, that we have in, in the Catholic tradition, that this power was entrusted to bind and to loosen to Peter and to all who minister in the church. And I suppose it's also, I suppose, a reminder to us that we are called, I suppose, to be free from sin, whatever darkness of our lives. And as we travel through Advent, I suppose, we're given that opportunity to pray for that deliverance. You know, that's the wonderful thing about the O Antiphon. When you read in it, you reflect in it, you pray on it, you know, it gives you that opportunity again to ask the question, O key of David, O royal power of Israel, controlling at your will the gate of heaven, come break down the prison walls of death for those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and lead your captive people into freedom, is another translation that's there. And again, it's that whole idea, I suppose, of you know, breaking down the prison walls that surround us. And those prison walls can be of, are, can be physical, they can be psychological, they can be the walls of addiction, mm. you know. So, mm. in, you know, if, so as we move through this Advent season and, and you're praying and reflecting on something like the, like the O Antiphons like this, you know, it would be kind of saying, well, where in my life do I need keys to unlock? Yep. But also then praying for others in terms of maybe those in our families that we might need to be concerned about. And particularly for those that just may be locked into a prison of the mind or prison of the heart uh, and that need to be to be to have the doors opened so that they can come out. The other way I I often think of this, O Antiphon as well, uh, John, in particular, O Key of David and on the idea of unbinding and unloosening is very much tied up with the resurrection. And that image that we have used on the podcast oftentimes of the roll of the stone rolled back from the mm-hmm. tomb mm-hmm. and the, the binding cloths, the unwound binding cloths that were put on Jesus's body when he was laid in the tomb. And that whole idea, that whole reminder, that emphasis on freedom, which resurrection brings and that reminder to us that that's something that we have to look forward to and something that is a promise that is given to us. I suppose the important thing, Shane, as I was just listening to you there, uh, is maybe to do a little bit of lectio on these Oenthony, not to be rushing through them. No, you could you could spend a day with just each one yes. on its own. Now, the other thing is there are also um, on, we have, I've often come across, I've used it for a number of years, it's catholicresources.org, and there's a hyphen in between Catholic and resources, and they have a table actually which sets out um, the 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 texts mm. and the biblical texts that are associated with each of the antiphons, and you know if you had the time, when we, we'll put the link into the yeah, into the podcast yeah. for people, but if you had the time to to just to pick one for each day to do a reflection, like so, for example, O Sapientia, the wisdom, the first one we did, mm. it gives a reading from Isaiah, it gives a reading from Proverbs, it gives a reading from John. Mm. Today's one or this one here is O Key of David, O Clavis David, David. It does a reflection from Revelation, Jeremiah and Matthew again. So again, linking through that you can take it and use it for further further reflection and meditation. But also, I suppose what we're doing this morning as we're going through these antiphons is to give people, you know, an idea for something that could be used simply as a as a resource yeah. to create a moment of prayer and create a moment of space. Like if you Google O antiphons uh, and even, you know, you'll find it mm-hmm. in many prayer books as well. They you get the text and it just it's it's two, three lines maximum. Yeah. Yeah. And just take that text with you for the day uh, to pray and to reflect on it 
and to see where see see where it will lead you and maybe to help you as part of your preparation during Advent. Like one of the things we realize and we, we you know, we recognize on the podcast is that, you know, when you've got busy kids and you're trying to do yeah. the school run mm-hmm. and prepare mm-hmm. the dinners mm-hmm. and sort out the washing and pay the bills mm-hmm. and all the rest of it. Bite sized little moments yes. um, are there for us, are, are there to allow us to have some sort of preparation so that you just don't rush helter skelter and suddenly, mm. oh my God, it's Christmas Eve. Where did Advent go? Mm. So that's why we're suggesting and putting forward these lovely seventh century, they're, they're, they're around since the seventh century uh, prayers that have been used. And they're very much, I suppose, uh, looking to link the Old and the New Testament. And Advent is very much a time of the Old Testament because we recover and renew once more that sense of waiting and that sense of renewal that's there. And, you know, in terms of, you know, you can find the texts online very easily. They're they're very common. Just Google O Antiphons, Mm -mm. it will come up. Pray as you go, the Jesuit website that's there. They have an Advent retreat with the O Antiphons. Um, Vatican Radio in 2012 did reflection for each of the antiphons and Wellspring um, and this is another yeah, one we'll put yeah. in we will put into the to the blog cast, the podcast as well they uh, do daily reflections as does Sacred Space uh, and so on I suppose the, oh, just one last thing on it I mean people people like myself who might not have been so used to actually using these at all might think well because it's oh and friends and it's a thousand years old says you that's all scripture stuff and listen that's got nothing to do with me today wrong way to go about it definitely because anything that can provide us with space and time to pray i think is always a good thing and the one thing about these ones is they're short bite-sized little pieces that you can reflect on and kind of just give yourself that moment to kind of think about it and to pray it and to ask ourselves what is the title of the antiphon? What is it that it says about the mystery of Christ? What is it that says about this great longing that we have for Christ to come? Because ultimately that's what it was. And it's that great um, prayer of, of searching, of wanting that, that we remember with the, with, the o, with the O antiphons. So, John, the next one we're going to do is O Orion, or otherwise known as O Rising Sun. And it's the fifth antiphon. It's usually used for December the 21st. And I picked this particularly because I like, there's an Irish connection with this one that I particularly like. So that is, O morning star, splendor of eternal light and sun of justice, come and illumine those seated in darkness and the shadow of death. It's the fifth uh, O antiphon that we're reflecting on this morning, O Rising Sun, and it's generally prayed on the 21st of December. It, the title, O Orion, a morning star, very much links into the great titles that are given to uh, Jesus. The morning star, the day spring, the rising star, radiant dawn. And it's um, it's interesting. Uh, it was that the Orion's bit was the name of the ancient Roman sun god. Uh, but obviously, from the Christian point of view, when Christians turned towards the east, 
Christ is the day spring, the rising sun, the eastward orientation of the orientations of churches and altars is a way of expressing, you know, that great cry at mass, lift up your hearts and we lift them up to the Lord. You know, that great response. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, it's it's also, you know, sometimes you hear people speak very derogatory of the old practice in mass where the priest and people faced the altar. And it yeah. was always described mm-hmm. as, oh, the priest is back to the people, mm-hmm. which isn't correct. Yes, physically, the man has his back mm-hmm, to the people. Mm-hmm. But what it was, was the idea that everyone faced liturgical east. They faced towards the rising sun. They faced from where Christ was said to come from. They, you know, and it wasn't a case of the priest with his back to the people, mm-hmm. but more mm-hmm. as the presider was leading the people towards God. Okay. You know, so, to, you know, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of, you can have theological views in it back and forth. Many people have different inter- views in it. I'm not getting into that this morning, but I'm just saying that was one of its great manifestations in the liturgy that was there for so long. But in terms of, in terms of the O Antiphon itself, uh, I one of the things I've liked about it is, of course, the fact it falls on December 21st, which, is, of course, is the shortest day of the year. Mm-hmm. And a number of years ago, uh, Martin Brown, who is a monk of Glenstall, wrote a reflection. And it was 2014, actually. And on the blog back through the years, we, we reposted that reflection. And it, Martin very much reflected on the connection of the solstice with the with the antiphon. And obviously the preparation for Christmas. And, you know, very much, I suppose, you know, and in particularly for our listeners, our our international listeners in Ireland, this the winter solstice has a particular place in the public imagination here because of our famous passage tombs or passage graves in County Meath. So you've particular you've note and doubt. And of course, most famously of all, you have Newgrange. And Newgrange is this passage tomb. It's an early uh, megalithic tomb. And on the 21st of December, you, with the sunrise, the sun streams into the inner chamber of the tomb. And it's the only time of the year it does it. And, of course, it's this whole understanding that we're trying to understand what it meant for um, people 5,000 years ago in the Neolithic age, which is older than, you know, it's older than the pyramids. It's older than Stonehenge. Um, you know, and it's that idea at the time of we're not sure was it them marking the seasons or was it trying to capture the light in terms of the in terms of the darkness of the winter. Okay. Because of course on the twenty from the twenty first on the twenty first of December on the day starts to get longer. Mm. And in Irish con in Irish parlance we'd say, Oh, there's a cock step, there's a the stretch. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, a stretch yeah. in the evening. Mm-hmm. You notice the stretch almost yeah, from the twenty second on. Yeah, but of course from a Christian point of view, we link in very much of course to um that idea that uh, you know, O rising sun, you are the splendor of eternal life and the sun of justice. Come and enlighten those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. It's a powerful, beautiful prayer. Mm. Obviously, we're not worshipping the physical light. We, we're taking very much that great tradition of Jesus as the light of the world. And in the bleakness of midwinter, you know, we address him as the rising sun and call out to him to save us. You know, it's a very primal thing. Um, you know, it's kind of you, you light you light you light a candle to, to drive away the darkness. Yes. You know, so it's that we, we wait almost like to rage against the dying of the light, which Dylan Thomas once said. You know, and you know, and we remind ourselves, you know, when we think about it, uh, for the the gospel of 
Christmas Day, the, the, the last Mass of Christmas Day, if mm-hmm. you like, is taken from the prologue from St. John. Mm-hmm. So we don't hear the account of the manger or Bethlehem. We hear instead what, you know, that great, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God, the Word was with God. And it says, what came through him was life and this life was the light of the human race. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Mm-hmm. So it's very much that idea of linking to the light and Christ as the light. You know, we look at it very carefully as well. If you look at the calendar, I always remember Martin making this point in his reflection. If you look in the calendar, the summer solstice is the 21st of June mm-hmm. and the birthday of John the Baptist is the 24th of June. Yeah. And if you look at it, Christ's mm. birth, we celebrate is on the 25th of December, 24, 25th of December. Yeah. And of course, it's that great reminder that Christ, John the Baptist did himself that he had to become less so that Christ would become more, you know that I, I'm, par- you know, he would yes. decrease, he would decrease as the yes. Savior mm, would mm. increase. So you have it from the high point of the summer. The sunlight is declining until you reach to the solstice in December, and then Christ increases after that again. You know, the symbolism of it. It's a beautiful, you know, mm. corollary of it again. Yes. That you know, John said he must decrease and Jesus must increase, and it's beautifully ri- mirrored in this rhythm of the church's year, following the calendar. Now, obviously, for our listeners, this is very much, I suppose, a northern hemisphere thing. Okay, you know, obviously, different calendar, different seasons in the uh, south of the equator, but it doesn't take away from, I suppose, the beauty of it and the reminder to us that you know we're called to act and walk in the light. Um, you know, the winter solstice is a turning point in our planet's year. So the question is, is Advent and Christmas a turning point for us in the liturgical year? And we're called on, you know, to to react to it, to 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 reflect on it and, you know, to be charged and ready to change by the grandeur of God, as 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 one blog post had it once, you know, and it's a reminder to us as well. I suppose if anyone has ever been up um, early in the morning. You know, the darkest part of the night is actually just before just the dawn. Before the dawn yeah. That's mm. when it is at its darkest. And, you know, it's a reminder to us, oh, thou, oh, come thou day spring, come and cheer our spirits by thy justice here. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadow put to flight. That's the verse from the hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Mm. You know, so, O come thou day spring, come and cheer our spirits by thy justice here. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadow put to flight. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful reflection for us to think about. And, you know, in, in terms of in terms of the readings that are put with it for Lexio and, and, and that are, are suggested to mm-hmm. us, you know, again, it's Zachariah, it's Malachi, it's Luke. And of course, that famous verse from John as well. And I suppose it's just it's just a reminder to us, John, more than anything else, that, you know, there is there is reflection and space and time for us uh, in many places that we can look to. And, you know, as we said, the O antiphons provide us with this simple kind of entryway into uh, carving out that space, you know, and even perhaps, you know, singing it to yourself, the verse from O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, mm-hmm. you know, that would be, you know, a way to do it. So it's, as I said, O Orion is the, is, or O Day Spring is the one that's prayed on the December the 21st. And for me in particular, I think it's just, it's a beautiful one. And it's so evocative, particularly from an Irish point of view because of Newgrange and something for us to think about and to reflect. So at this point, uh, just two questions. First of all, it's a universal prayer anyway. I mean, it's prayed no matter what hemisphere you're in. 
Oh God, yes, because it's it's following the liturgical season, so it's it's prayed it's prayed with the Magnificat. If you're in a if you're praying the office, it's prayed with the Magnificat. Okay, for somebody just that enough, what, what would you suggest in terms of, of where to start, resources, and so on and so forth? Whether that be online or whether that be buying a book or whatever. You like. Well, there's two things. Um, I would say the first one is uh, the in terms of reflections. I suppose the Wellspring Daily Reflections. It's a website. Um, it is a UK website, as far as I can remember. It is wellsprings.org.uk, and if you search mm. within that for O Antiphons, so what they give is they give lovely um, uh, daily reflections and readings, nice short bite-sized people that, pieces, yeah. mm. uh, and and that that can be that that that's good a good introduction to it. This the Magnificent Advent Companion, which we mentioned last week mm-hmm. before. Yeah, yeah. Um, they have a nice piece in it this year where it's basically it's a small bit of a hymn it's a suggested readings or lexio and then a short prayer uh, which is a good way possibly to do it Um, but you know it's just it's but like I said John just googling the Oantiphon online you'll come up with lots of resources and also it's good to listen to it now I know um, Mm -hmm. we've we've played short Gregorian chant Mm -hmm. snippets and people say well I don't understand Latin but sometimes one of the beauties of Gregorian chant is not understanding it is not necessarily a burden to be able to listen to it because it's been shown that Gregorian chant tunes into an inner rhythm of our lives okay. and of our bodies. So to listen to it is is almost enough, you know, to get into a space of meditation and 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 opening ourselves up to that divine encounter. Shane, thank you very much, Neil, for that. You've certainly uh, enlightened me uh, and maybe give me a bit of an appetite now to dip in and have a look. And Oh, sorry, John, I forgot one very obvious resource for people. Okay. Uh, so if people, okay. if people, if yeah. people, <laughs> John is John is laughing at me here <laughs> because we've been using this to help with yeah. podcasts. Uh, so the most obvious resource I should have mentioned is our old blog, Sacred Space 102 yes. at blogs, uh, blogspot.com. So if you go onto the old blog and you go down along the sides, there's what are called tags and uh, for different and labels, sorry, that were used in different pods in different uh, pod, uh, blog posts. Yes. And there's one of them called um, Advent O Antiphons, and it will bring you in directly to reflections and links and uh, small YouTubes that we had put up over the years in terms of the O Antiphons. Maybe so maybe in terms of starting off, that might be a good place to go. <laughs> maybe we could include a link for that on our yeah. post this week. Yeah, no problem. Shane, thanks a lot. So that about brings us to the, uh, to the end of your particular section. So we said, or you said, sorry, you wanted to have a beautiful piece of music, oh, come and come in, Manuel, and make it a little bit lively. So hopefully people like this. In the meantime, come back and join us again in part three, where we read and reflect on the Word of God. Some captive Israel. 
drive.